Welcome to the Purple Jaguar, and we are back. And preseason has come to its resounding end, and we can start talking about expectations, um, things to watch throughout this season, and uh, what we feel is going to be the most riveting storylines and what to watch for. So as preseason comes to a close, most teams are feeling pretty positive, whether they're bottom of the barrel or top tier teams. There are some teams out there that have some question marks, and, and those teams could be Las Vegas Raiders. We don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be good. We don't know what that offense is going to look like, and they need help on the back end of their defense. A team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have weapons all over the field. They have a top, I would say, six quarterback in the league. And they have a relatively easy schedule with a pretty much a lock to win their division. What are they going to look like? We have the Cowboys, always the headline of every sports talk radio, every big corporation, ESPN, Fox Sports, you name it, they're going to be talking about the Cowboys. Cowboys just traded for Trey Lance, who has been, at this point, the biggest bust, maybe, in NFL history. He's at least on that list. And the Cowboys, who have perpetually disappointed and left in early rounds of the playoffs, are looking for the future. There's no question that that is why they would trade a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance, knowing that Trey Lance was taken third overall in his draft class. They did not tell Dak Prescott, which is a big story right now in the media, the mainstream media, what I mean. And <clears throat> that's just due to the fact that Jerry Jones operates like that. And that organization is ran with arrogance in a way, or, uh, I don't know, more a starlight. They are America's team. They are considered to be one of the top, like, fan-having teams across the country. Like, you can go anywhere and you're going to find Dallas Cowboy fans. And that organization has been ran poorly for the last 30 years. In regards to their talent, they've always had top-tier talent. They continue to draft well. They normally have a decent quarterback, at least a franchise quarterback. And Dak Prescott hasn't been able to bring them over the hump because there's nothing overwhelming about Dak Prescott. Yes, he's a high-character player. Yes, he says the right things. Yes, he's good on camera, and he's good in interviews. But he kind of shrinks in big moments. He's... Uh, He's the black version of Kirk Cousins, if you will. Everybody likes to dog on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings organization, but they're not an America's team. Dallas Cowboys are, and they perpetually underachieve year in and year out to where it's become a joke among pe some people. And so, yes, they traded for Trey Lance. No, they didn't tell Dak Prescott. That is the way they operate. And I think one thing to watch for this year is the character of teams. I think character of teams plays itself out and why certain teams are always in the running for 
Super Bowl contention are always finding a way to play better with less or remain at a high tier level and it has a lot to do with the character when you look at teams like the New England Patriots that was work hard keep your mouth shut be about the business and that kind of translated onto the field now last year what was startling was you seeing the Patriots making a lot of bonehead mistakes they were doing things that didn't make sense like the Mac Jones uh, whole debacle where the wide receiver decided to throw the ball back to Mac Jones like on the last play of the game Chandler Jones got it took it in for a Raiders touchdown and the Patriots lost that game that is something that you would never see you wouldn't think you would ever see three years ago from the Patriots so something is changing but organizations like the 49ers always highly respected always gonna be there at the end of the season for either a playoff spot or a deep playoff run uh, it was the same thing with the Rams the Rams always found a way now the injuries plagued the Rams last year but Sean McVay is a very respected coach he runs a tight ship and they seem to know what they're doing the Kansas City Chiefs Andy Reid he's been consistent he's been consistent for so long that we tend to take that for granted. When he was with the Eagles, they were going to conference championships year after year. And we're talking with Donovan McNabb, which at that time was not in the top five of quarterbacks in the league. And they were just able to perform and handle business and continue to be consistent. And so when you see teams like the Dallas Cowboys who can't figure it out year in and year out, they have the talent, they pay the money, they have, you know, the highest valued sports team in the country, and they still continue to make low character moves. Getting rid of Kellen Moore, sending him to the Los Angeles Chargers after he was like an up and coming young offensive coordinator. He didn't throw the interceptions, Dak did. But we get rid of him. Now we got Mike McCarthy calling plays, which that worked out real well when he was with the Packers. They didn't do much, and that's why he lost that job. But you're seeing an organization that continues to make the same kind of personality mistakes in the way that they go about their business. And it never bodes well because they're always going home before the conference championship, even with better talent. So... I think you'll see a lot of the same teams at the top of the heap. Now, you're going to see some new teams rise. Like, I think the Detroit Lions, they're building a very high-character organization with Dan Campbell, who's a very respected coach. I think the Giants might even take a step forward because Brian Dayball is the real deal. And I think as you see the Giants continue to ascend, I think you'll see the Bills rescind. Because Dayball is such a powerful personality. He's such a, a go-getter kind of emotionally charged leader that the Bills took a heavy loss when he left and went and started coaching the Giants. You can't be coach of the year, your first year as a head coach, and not leave 
a huge hole in the organization that you had just left. And I think we're going to start to see that. But some surprise teams to keep your eye on. Miami Dolphins. I think that they have, like, they just give me this, like, Silicon Valley, new style, tech kind of vibe. Like, I think it's Mike, uh, or I don't know what it, McDaniel. Yeah, like, he, he just brings a swagger that's, like, new and smart and analytical and going to put his team in the best position to win. Now, we'll see what happens with their defense, but I think the Dolphins could be somebody that's a team that's on the rise, especially if they can stay away from being injured at quarterback, which was what derailed them ultimately last year. You're going to see teams, like again, we talked about Jacksonville. Watch for teams that underachieve. And what I mean by that is there's high hopes again for the Bills. We have high hopes for the Broncos, potentially. And we want to see the Chargers take that next step. Now, the Chargers, inevitably, I don't think that they're going to ascend to any prominent position until they get rid of Brad Staley. I think he's stayed there way too long. And he doesn't have an identity that he's willing to kind of die on. He was a go-for-it kind of coach when he first came in the league. It was analytic-driven, and then he kind of got away from that. They, he's a defensive head coach, and so there's um, there's always that stigma right now in the NFL about being a defensive head coach, and we're seeing that play out as far as teams are concerned. An offensive-minded head coach normally has more success based on the fact that they can – manipulate defenses and use the newer NFL rules to their advantage whereas defensive coaches had their time and are kind of starting to fade but I like Seattle to take a leap this year I think that Seattle has a lot of talent they've been drafting really well um there's certain divisions that unless I have a fantasy player playing I don't know if I'll even watch I don't See that I don't see the point in watching a lot of NFC South games. I think that it's going to be like the best of the worst. So whoever is the best of the worst in that division will make it into the playoffs. They'll probably have an early exit because of just the talent level, especially at quarterback in that division. So things that are predicting factors in the NFL is quarterback talent and coach. Hands down. Quarterback talent and coach. You're going to hear it everywhere. Um, Do you have a good coach with a resume to back it? Your Andy Reid's, your Bill Belichick's, your Sean Payton's, your Sean McVay's, your Mike Shanahan's. These are the coaches that consistently do well, consistently can get more from the players, consistently can overachieve with what they have. I mean, You've seen the 49ers last year. They went through three or four quarterbacks and were still able to make it to the conference championships. You're seeing that the Chiefs have a consistency in Andy Reid's. His success is just continuing to go. And, I mean, they have one of the greatest talents that's ever walked into the NFL, which does help. But it all starts with the coach and then quarterback. And so... I look for Justin Fields to maybe take a, the next step. I think that he's going to be in the top. He's definitely going to be top 10 
in quarterbacks as far as fantasy is concerned because of his ability to run. He's going to have some weapons on the outside. I think the Bears could take a, a leap forward. I think the Lions could take a leap forward. I am not jumping on this hype train for the Packers. I think the Packers have a pretty solid team around Jordan Love. I do not think that he is an above-average quarterback. I don't think that he's below average by any means. That's gonna, that's to be foreseen. But I think he's averaged at best. He's average. And so we'll see what happens when he gets into games and he starts getting a rhythm and other teams start getting film. He might be successful early on, but I don't think that he's going to be anything that we're talking about in December. The same goes for the NFC South. I mean, we might be talking about B. John Robinson out of Atlanta and him being the rookie of the year just based on the fact that his workload is that of like a young Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley because they have no other offensive weapons. But other than that, the teams that you expect to be there at the end are typically going to be there at the end. And I think... The rest of the league is either trying to get better and going in a, uh, that direction or are going to try to tank for the kid out of uh, UC, USC. Caleb Williams is the deal. He's the real deal, and teams are really looking to try to get that. So if there's uh, a chance that they can get that number one pick in the draft next year, they might take that chance, and that bodes for really bad football. And so be Weary if you have fantasy players on those teams. I'm talking like the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, these teams that are just going to be bad. So watch for that. As far as fantasy is concerned, I'm not I'm super excited about that and I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll do a fantasy podcast probably right before the season kicks off just to hash out who we think is going to do well. But Other than that, this is the Purple Jaguar. Thanks for listening.